Welcome to the American Occupational Therapy AOTA first pediatric blog talk or podcast, and thank you so much for joining us. My name is Sandy Shefkin. I'm the AOTA Pediatric Practice Manager, and I will be the moderator for this call. This chat, being led by content experts and students, reviews a specific topic that has relevance for pediatric occupational therapy. And, of course, this call is recorded, and it's found in a repository at the AOTA Children and Youth site of our website. If you'd like to listen to more episodes, please visit www.aota.org backslash pediatric podcast. You can also subscribe to the AOTA Occupational Therapy channel on iTunes or on Stitcher to listen to these recordings. During this conversation, our speakers will be responding to some questions about today's topic with the hopes of advancing pediatric practice. We hope that you will share the link to this chat and continue the dialogue on Commune OT. So today we will be discussing building accessible learning opportunities in the community. I'd like to introduce our speakers and thank them so much for facilitating our discussion today. We have Jeff Stevenson, who has more than 30 years of professional experience in the visual arts as a practicing studio artist, arts writer, college professor, curator, and gallery director. As a director and curator of the Nathan Manilow Sculpture Park, he oversees programming, presentation, conservation, and acquisition for the park's collection of 30 large-scale artworks. He earned a BS in medical illustration from the Ohio State University and an MFA in painting from Ohio University. We also have Joanne Peters with us. She earned a bachelor's degree from the University of Central Arkansas and her doctoral degree from Governor's State University in University Park, Illinois. She practiced in various settings over the past 34 years, and the last 20, she's concentrated on the practice in the school systems, focusing on students with autism. Divya Sood is the associate professor in the Department of Occupational Therapy at Governor's State University. Her research interests focus on developing intervention models to promote participation of children with disabilities within home, school, and community environments. We also have three students who are with us today. Alexandra Wartz is a Master's of Occupational Therapy student at Governor's State University, and she serves as the active president of the Student Occupational Therapy Association at Governor's State University. We have Raven Hill, who is a Master's of Occupational Therapy student at Governor's State University as well. She's an active member of the Student Occupational Therapy Association at Governor's State University, and she's passionate about the field of occupational therapy and aspires to work in the field of pediatrics upon graduation. And we have a third student in the Master's program at Governor's State, Genevieve Enyard. She is an active member of the Student Occupational Therapy Association as well at Governor State University, and upon graduation, she also aspires to work in a pediatric setting. So I want to thank this robust group of speakers who are going to help us understand a wonderful partnership uh, that's been developed, and I'd like to start with my first question to Jeff. As director of the Nathan Manilow Sculpture Park, can you tell us our listeners today a little bit about this community resource it's called the NATE and what what is your mission and and what constitutes what you consider to be a successful visit to the sculpture park hi there yes it's 
so nice to be with you today. The Nathan Manilow Sculpture Park, or the Nate, as we like to call it, is a collection of 30 master works of large-scale sculpture situated within 100 acres of prairie landscape. This museum in the prairie <laughs> is open for public viewing 365 days a year, and it's free of charge. The park provides programs for adults and children that integrate art and nature, and although it's located on the campus of Governor State University in University Park, Illinois, it was founded and it's maintained through grants and donations from businesses and individuals. The three pillars of our mission are arts, conservation, and education. It is one of the few outdoor sanctuaries in the south suburbs of Chicago where the natural landscape is strikingly beautiful throughout all four seasons. The NAID engaged and hosted over 600 students from schools in the south and southwest suburbs for Outdoors at the NAID, which is a low-cost four-hour program that engages students in activities highlighting the disciplines of STEAM, which of course is science, technology, engineering, art, and math. Students collaborate with one another to come up with solutions to problems, think critically, be active, and have an interactive hands-on learning experience. Mm -hmm. The NAEP presents a rich alternative learning space and offers lessons in prairie science, proportion, equilibrium, geometry, the art architecture continuum, and more. That's why the special ed program that you will hear Joanne talk about was so exciting for us at the NAEP we believe that art gives us language for that which there are no words. Every visitor experience is an opportunity for wonder and inspiration. Thank you, Jeff, so much for giving us that wonderful introduction. It sounds like a wonderful place to visit and explore and to learn. And, um, and to follow up, we'd love to hear from Joanne a, a little bit more about the special ed programs that are in this Illinois area. Joanne, I understand you're one of the occupational therapists at SPEED, S-P-E-E-D, and you're the lead fieldwork educator there. Can you tell us what does SPEED stand for? Can you give us a little quick overview? Who makes up your student body? And why did the students from in the SPEED program, what's the purpose of them coming to the visit to the park that we heard so much about? Well, thank you for asking, Sandy. Um, I wanted to share that um, SPEED is, stands for, it's a special education joint agreement cooperative. We have 15 different school districts that formed in the early 1960s, and we provide specialized instruction and related services to students with disabilities. We also provide various uh, services and supports and disseminate information to parents, our community, and fellow educators. SPEED develops and implements evidence-based programs and services for students ages 3 to 21, all who have a disability. Our SPEED campus houses four different schools, our Early Learning Center, our Program for Adaptive Learning for Older Students, our Independence Elementary School, and our Independence High School, which are for our behavior uh, students. Our transition program, which is called the Academy for Lifelong Learning, is housed in another building in the same neighborhood. Our students from all of the programs, except for the Early Learning Center, participated in the Nate Manilow Sculpture Park event. 
approximately 70 students participated who ranged from the ages of 10 to 21 years old. This was an opportunity for the students to interact with the sculptures and to experience with hands-on for art activities. Many of the Speed School students have limited opportunities to interact with fine art activities. So this is a social justice issue for us. It offered students with a disability an opportunity to participate in their community. And it also provided an opportunity to demonstrate how occupational therapy helps to make environments more accessible and inclusive so more learning and socialization can occur for our students. So it's wonderful to hear, Joanne, this is a learning opportunity and a social justice issue for having students come to experiential learning and, um, and learning uh, what your goals are working in the, uh, in the special ed um, arena. And Jeff, um, as someone who's directing at the park, why do you, as the director in the park, want to include the students with disabilities? Yeah, sure. Um, we want to include the students with disabilities simply because they're as much a part of our audience as anyone else. This program helped us to identify ways we can better serve everyone. I know how I feel when I walk beneath the monumental sculpture by John Henry called Illinois Landscape Number no. 5 and just let it take me away. I want to share that with everyone. The SPEED students knew exactly what to do when they saw it. They began to run and play beneath its soaring mass and its school bus yellow elements. That was a pure experiential moment that I wish for every visitor. Thank you, Jeff. And so, Divya, this is, brings us to you. And we understand uh, that you developed a partnership between the university, your university in the OT department, the sculpture park that we heard so much about from Jeff, and the school serving the students with disabilities. As an OT educator, how was this partnership between the three uh, groups, the OT department, the sculpture park, and SPEED, how was it developed? Why do you think it's important? What's your role in this partnership? Boy, we have a lot of questions for you. And what contributions do you envision that OT offers in building and maintaining this type of partnership and making sure it's successful? Sure, Sandy. So this partnership emerged as a part of a course that I teach in the Master of Occupational Therapy curriculum. And the main objective uh, of this course was to empower students with the skills that an occupational therapist requires to evaluate community environments. The course also introduces the students to public health approaches such as promote, prevent, and intervene to create safe and inclusive community environments for individuals with or without a disability. So as an educator, my vision was to provide an experiential learning opportunity to my MOT students to meet the course objectives. My approach was getting a group of professionals together who had a common agenda that was to promote community participation for students with disabilities. So we had uh, a lot of phone calls and meetings between the representatives of the park, the public school program for special education, and our university. We got permissions from key stakeholders such as the school superintendent and uh, the school principals. 
Throughout this process, it was very important for me to highlight the unique contributions of occupational therapy to promote community participation. And in this particular case, it's facilitating participation of students with disabilities in a sculpture park to help them interact with art. Some of my talking points included Occupational therapists can conduct an occupational profile or needs assessment at an organizational level. And through the OT process, we can evaluate the barriers and enablers present in the sculpture park and identify the needs of the student population to engage in art exploration and learning at the park. Occupational therapists can support activities and participations to meet the park mission as well as the academic and the extracurricular goals of the park visitors. Secondly, based on the evaluation findings, occupational therapists can then develop universal design for learning strategies to adapt the environment or activity to promote engagement. So for example, the university students identified the best possible path for the tour and the need to create rest stations to address student fatigue factors, sensory processing needs, et cetera. Another example of a strategy is to modify the written instruction or the material on sculptures to make the information more accessible for different types of learners. Thank you so much, Divya. And I think what's so interesting is that we're seeing experiential learning taking place, right? We're hearing about it from the perspective of the speed students, so we want to make it accessible to them and have them um, be engaged in their own learning. And then you're interpreting that and uh, applying that to experiential learning for the uh, Masters of Occupational Therapy students as well and engaging them in this wonderful uh, triad, this, this wonderful relationship. And it's fantastic to hear how you're um, helping the students uh, and the public uh, realize the value of occupational therapy for community-based interventions, uh, how we can help to make environments more inclusive and more participatory, and using a public health approach uh, to, to, um, you know, to offer that. And now we have three students from Governor State University on the call, Lexi, Raven, and Jen, and we were wondering what your perceptions are. What was your role as the OT student in this uh, wonderful relationship? And Lexi, can we turn to you first? Yes. Um, so from recent research um, by occupational therapy practitioners, Lightman et al., Canick, Silverman, and Tiska, um, they demonstrated the effectiveness of occupational therapy process and consultation in creating that inclusive community environment for individuals with disabilities. So we used a public health approach to prevent, promote, and intervene to create a safe and inclusive learning opportunity for participation of all the students. So in the first stage of planning, our cohort went into the sculpture park to assess its physical barriers and supports. This allowed us to identify what accommodations needed to be made for the day of the event, as well as what supports had to be developed to promote that safe access to all the sculptures. We wanted to promote a sense of belonging and camaraderie during the event, um, but we also wanted to promote a positive learning environment. 
So we divided into different committees of the students, and the Sculpture Park Tour Committee was responsible for the overall design of the event, and they assessed the physical and social aspects in the environment and created tools that promoted the overall accessibility and allowed the students to wonder and for that wonder to emerge. So for example, the tour was limited sculptures that were nearest the university's accessible bathroom. So we um, had a golf cart that was available to transport students from the park to the building in case of a needed bathroom break. Hi, this Jen, is Jen. So the, great. So the preparatory committee addressed prevention strategies. A research study that was published in 2012 in the AJOT by Lane and her colleagues entitled Sensory Oversensitivity and anxiety in typically developing children and children with autism and attention deficit hyperactivity disorder cause or coexistence suggests that children who experience sensory over-responsiveness may also experience anxiety. And anxiety may be made worse if bothersome sensations are experienced within an environment. This can prevent children and students from participating in occupations of daily life. So to, pro to address this concern, the preparatory committee was responsible for developing prevention strategies such as creating a social story to prepare their students for their trip to the park. This group also made sensory stations along the students' routes, which were equipped with a variety of sensory materials to help them self-regulate. We also wanted to intervene during the day of the event. So occupational therapy students led the walkthrough tour. Instruction relating <coughs> to the sculpture was uh, modified based on the cognitive and physical cap capacity of the students from speech. Our art committee designed two art projects that allowed the students to express themselves both creatively while also making connections to the sculptures that they visited. In order to offer these projects, we also created a fundraising committee which was responsible for coming up with innovative ways to financially support this endeavor. The fundraising committee not only ended by generating funds but also increased awareness among the general public on occupational therapy and its role in designing accessible communities. Thank you, Jen. And Raven, can you uh, please describe exactly what were some of the activities that occurred during this event? What, what, what were some of the activities because of this partnership that we were able to offer? Of course. So um, I'll provide an example of the activities related to one of the groups from SPEED, and those were the students from the PAL program, which stands for the Program for Adaptive Learning. So there were 31 students in this group, and all students were provided with an abundance of resources to support their engagement in the Sculpture Park event. Um, we used inclusive learning techniques, which included students being provided a social storybook with photographs of each sculpture, um, a question pertaining to the sculpture, as well as a piece of continuous story that was read at each sculpture. The storybook was age appropriate to the PAL group, particularly because they were younger and they appreciated the superhero theme that was incorporated in the story. The story allowed the students to attend and engage in the current sculpture while anticipating what sculpture was coming next. The students especially appreciated the opportunity to interact with the sculptures. May that be through touching it, climbing it, walking through it, or even sitting on it for a picture. 
And while on the tour, the Governor State University mascot was along the path as well and was of major interest to the PAL students. The mascot was also incorporated into the social story to further allow a more visceral experience. Um, when the Sculpture Park tour was completed, the PAL students then transitioned back to a university hall room to complete their art activity of decorating a pumpkin. And the pumpkin activity was decided on due to the event. Um, it was occurring in the fall season, and it gave the PAL students an opportunity to make their own work of three-dimensional art. Well, it sounds like really creative and uh it's very helpful to hear exactly how you modified the activities to make them more um, accessible for all the different learners and range of learners that were there. Lexi and Jen and Raven, all three of you, can you each share what you learned from this experience? Lexi? Yes. So the one key takeaway that I learned from the Sculpture Park event is that everyone of all ages and ability um, enjoys engaging socially within their community. Um, I also learned it is very important to remain flexible throughout events and that although unexpected changes may occur to what was originally planned, um, the new outcome may be better than what originally was planned for. Overall, I learned this event was a very humbling experience. I feel honored to have been a part of it, and I hope that it becomes an annual event for the students at SEED. There are several skills that I learned throughout this event that I will take with me to my future practice as an occupational therapist. For example, being able to think on my toes and be creative is so important and will ultimately help me give the best care possible to my future clients. Also, I understand how important it is to treat every client in a unique manner to help cater to their individual needs. And after participating in this project, I learned that the role of occupational therapy is not just limited to the clinical setting. So if occupational therapy practitioners are truly participation specialists, meaning that our primary goal is to improve our clients' participation in their daily occupations, then it is imperative that we advocate to increase our visibility in community-based settings. Um, this is an idea that is also reflected um, in occupational therapy's distinct value in the children and youth document that's on the AOTA website. Occupational therapy practitioners, our presence is integral to multidisciplinary teams that consist of engineers, architects, and other building and construction professionals because we can assess an environment thoroughly and cost-effectively so that a greater amount of people can have access to it. And that's precisely what we did during this project. While another student group could have done a similar event, the success of our event is attributed to the OT perspective. Other student groups would have analyzed only the physical aspects of the sculpture park. We, on the other hand, also considered the social supports and barriers, as well as assistive technologies that were required, which I feel truly enhanced the overall experience of the SPEED students. Sounds like you guys are really learning a lot, and it's, it's wonderful to hear your perspectives on uh, what you learned and, and, uh, and all the details of the occupational process that you offered. So uh, thank you so much. Joanne, can you talk a little bit about outcomes? What outcomes were reached um, from your perspective, um, from the student, the teacher perspective, 
And did your impression of OT change from this experience? Well, that's quite a question, Sandy. Um, Let me tell you about SPEED students. They're often placed um, at SPEED cooperative because they're categorized as low incidence. It can be a significant task for our staff to find community activities designed in a manner that allows opportunities for the students to participate independently in the activities. So the teachers enjoyed watching the students participate in the activities being led by the occupational therapy MOT students. Uh, The development of the social story that they developed supported our students' interaction with the sculptures in a fun but appropriately guided way. The good design and preparation helped the teachers enjoy the activities with the students. There were so many um, activities to interact with, both indoors and outdoors. When the students got inside to the hands-on art activity, they focused on their creations, which provided the just right challenge. They had so much fun, most of the students did not did not want to leave, which is unusual for some of our students. About 30 students stayed on campus to have lunch from the college-style cafeteria. They loved having the chance to pick their foods from an a la carte menu and to sit with college students to eat and visit. There were several other opportunities for the SPEED students to interact with the Governor's State student population. It was gratifying to see the SPEED students initiate social interactions with new people and to see that attempt rewarded by the Governor's State community. Many of our SPEED students wanted more interaction with the Governor's State community afterwards. Our students shared wanting to look at Governor's State for a post-school experience, or they shared a desire to return to the Manilow Sculpture Park with their families at a later time. SPEED students were able to be themselves, but made good behavioral choices in the less restrictive environment. As an occupational therapist who has practiced in the craft for over three decades, I think it is rare for me to encounter an occupational therapy program that is significantly different, but this project was amazing. The partnering of the MOT class, the Sculpture Park, and the SPEED students was planned very well. The MOT students were able to complete an analysis of the sculpture park and to observe our students here at school. They provided excellent supports that led to the participation of 70 SPEED students. I believe this project demonstrates how occupational therapy can develop or modify more opportunities for populations that may not always have access to public establishments and events that most people have the opportunity to enjoy. I am retiring, and based on the work done by these MOT students, I am positive our profession is in excellent hands. Wow, that's quite an endorsement there, and that's fantastic to hear. You're passing the baton, and it's wonderful to hear that how much these students learned and, and, and even their leadership in being able to be part of this um, uh, podcast is, I think, part of that story. Um, and so now that we've heard the, expect, the experience and the perspe- perspectives that you offered us um, from uh, being in the schools, Jeff, I was hoping from your perspective, what do you think is the value that occupational therapy brought to the Sculpture Park Tour? And do you see any future outcomes? Is there any future plans for the Sculpture Park because of this project? Well, I've said it many times that this whole experience has been a dream come true from my perspective. 
Um, the occupational therapy students, the faculty and staff, they added the essential elements to allow these students to have an experience that they may not have had otherwise. The coordination, preparation, and auxiliary components made it possible to do this event. On our own, in the sculpture park, we do not have the skills and the knowledge to safely and smoothly accommodate students and community members with these types of needs. But just because they possess these needs, these community members should not have to miss out on the treasure that the sculpture park is to our region. I and my advisory board will work to find sponsors and uh, other support mechanisms that will allow us to partner with occupational therapy people and uh, students and staff and to offer this program annually and um, also create and maintain resources so that we can nimbly respond to accommodate visitors whenever these kinds of needs might arise. And Jeff, it is such an honor to have you on this call, and you, you um, so eloquently speak to the value of art appreciation and art experience, and that occupational therapy practitioners can support um, your business plans and, um, and make it more inclusive, and everybody, everyone benefits. Um, ultimately, the participants, right, the people who come to your park. And, um, and that's what we want. We want people to be able to participate. That's our, that's our role. And um, it's just an honor to hear it from you. And it gives us um, aspirations and, and hopes to, to build off of this story that you're sharing today. And, um, and with Divya's great um, expertise and vision, uh, that she was able to help foster this relationship. It's really, it's really a fantastic story. So, uh, Divya, we're wondering if you can share with us from your perspective, what do you think are the lessons learned from this project, and how could we apply what we're hearing today to other community environments and to other opportunities for experiential learning? Sure. So uh, as occupational therapy literature highlights that there is a need to promote community participation for individuals with disabilities, uh, we know that OTs have a unique skill set to create inclusive community environments by creating the best person environment fit. So uh, I would like to share uh, just five very important points that came to my mind. And uh, the first being that it is important for occupational therapy practitioners to go out and start a conversation with local businesses, such as museums, park districts, to identify if they have a need for designing inclusive programs for individuals with or without disabilities across lifespans. So the quest for a meeting with local businesses to make them aware about the unique value that occupational therapy can add in designing and creating accessible community-based programs. Secondly, I feel that uh, occupational therapy educators as a part of their coursework can, pa uh, can partner with local businesses and involve students to conduct a needs assessment and design viable solutions to meet the needs of the community. This in itself can be a good example of a service learning model. Thirdly, I, when we were doing this project, I personally felt that the AOTA website has several resources to design inclusive environments to help jumpstart the process. 
So, for example, using search terms uh, on the AOTA website like community participation, social participation, creating inclusive environments, universal designs, helped me to identify articles and resources. Some articles that my student group and I found useful for this project were, the first one is forming partnerships to develop sensory-friendly community programs by Silverman and her group, and another article on developing inclusive museum environments for children with autism spectrum disorders and their families by Letchman and her group. Uh, these were uh, the two articles that we found very helpful. Uh, we are also planning to share some of these resources on Commune OT. Uh, the next important uh, lesson uh, learned was um, it's related to funding. Getting funding for these projects can be a challenge. And for the current project, um, the kudos goes to my student group because they came up with innovative ideas to generate funds by conducting fundraising activities and initiatives within the university, as well as seeking donations for materials from local stores and vendors. And lastly, once the project is complete, it is very important to share with the local businesses and the community the value that occupational therapy can add to a community base. Well, I have to say this is an outstanding um, conversation, and I can't thank uh, these uh, speakers enough for sharing their expertise, giving their personal uh, reflections, um, taking the time to uh, develop this conversation and to share it today. Uh, I think it really is – I can't think of a better launch for our blog, our blog uh, blog talks. This is the first one pediatric blog talk that we've offered, and it really uh, sets the bar very high uh, moving forward. So I just want to thank um, these the, all of you uh, for sharing um, your your expertise, Jeff and Genevieve and Raven and Alexandra and Joanne and Divya. It is really uh, an honor to hear, and I I hope our listeners have enjoyed. Um, uh, this conversation, um, and uh, I want to thank our listeners for joining us today and for um, hearing this uh, conversation. We do offer a contact hour verification form that will be posted uh, alongside this blog talk so that um, it could be uh, submitted for as a contact hour form. We can't guarantee that you, you will get approval from your um, uh, in your state for CE uh, for credits for continuing education, but hopefully it will. And uh, again, just want to thank our speakers for, for leading and uh, for showing their leadership and, and um, having such a wonderful discussion with us today. So I hope that um, our listeners will join us for our other calls in the future. And this will be posted on the AOTA website and, and be available um, and have conversations about it on Community and hopefully the students will help us to, to start launch that very shortly. So thanks again for listening today, and I guess it's so long for now, and uh, uh, a great thanks to, to all of you. Thank you, Sandy. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye, Sandy. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. -bye. Bye.